the death road is something that you have to do without a shadow of doubt unless you really don't like cycling or you're scared of heights or you're scared of death don't do it it is absolutely phenomenal and incredibly damn scary at the same time we knew that the minute we got into La Paz we needed to book it up so we booked up a a trip uh, we booked it up with one of the most highly recommended companies at the time which was a company called Barracuda and we were booked on now the death road my words will not do this place justice I would highly recommend that you google it uh, but if you google it you might get two two things that come up with death road number one you'll get the Yungas road which is the one in Bolivia aka death road uh, then also a uh, Oddly, the Kabul Beshad Highway, which is a highway in Afghanistan, but it's noted as being death road for the frequency of um, Taliban related killings. You don't want to go clicking on that one. You want to be clicking on the youngest road, death road. Nowadays, it's a cycle route, which is predominantly a cycle route, uh, which links the city of La Paz and the youngest region of Bolivia. It is a major tourist attraction in La Paz just for the sheer absurdity of it. Barracuda, like many other companies providing the service, really cater to the, the mountain biking aspect of it. But I believe you can walk it as well, a guided tour, etc, etc. Now for the almost, not really a scary part, but these things happen. 18, apparently at least 18 people have died cycling it since 1998. But if you look at old videos on YouTube and yeah, again, not... They're not necessarily the most pleasant things to look at, but there are videos of coaches falling off the cliffs. Although it's a cycle route nowadays, the death road was one of the main roads from La Paz into the youngest region. One of the main roads. So you're talking a main, main bus route. You're talking a main transport route to get from A to B. So just imagine the narrow roads. You've got cliff top edges. By the way, most of which, if not all of which, are not barriered. So if you fall off, you're looking at a few thousand metres and you're dead meat, basically. And yeah, if you really want to go and check out a couple of the videos, if they're still on YouTube, they're pretty absurd, pretty scary. But this is the sort of stuff that we were going to be faced with. One slip and you're pretty much toast. But as we said in the last episode, when in Rome, why not? We were picked up in the morning. There's about... 30 of us we were taken to the top of the one of the tops of the road we weren't going to be cycling all 64 kilometers of death road but we were going to do quite a significant portion of it the barracuda were a fantastic company highly recommend them they provided you know multiple guides the bikes the equipment everything that you could think of uh, including a few people who were basically photographers doing all the photography as well it was all part of their service which was you know great value for cash at the end of the day but first thing in the morning we went straight up to uh, pretty much the top we done the section or we done it in three sections the first section was pretty much following the main road for a little bit i think it was route de Tres, you know route number three we followed the main road for a little bit so you're on tarmac you're getting used to the bikes uh yeah you're you know, pretty much going downhill all of the time to make life a lot easier for you. And we were warned when we started that you're pretty much you're going to have four seasons. You're at the top of 
You know, you're in the middle of mountains, canyons, valleys, you name it, it was there. You're gonna have sunshine, you're gonna have driving rain, you're gonna have everything. It's pretty much a case of be careful. If you fall off, you're pretty much gonna die unlucky. But you know, if you're sensible with your cycling, take it easy, you'll be absolutely fine. We've got guides at the front, we've got guides at the rear, it doesn't matter how fast or, or slow that you cycle. Just do do whatever you know, just be safe. So the first section was brilliant. Uh, completely covered in clouds, couldn't really see where we were going. We were following the guides. Uh, myself and Aaron were pretty much at the front of the front of the line. We were leading the way in terms of going down with speed. Because it was still part of the main, main road, uh, there were quite a few barriers, you know, on, on the dangerous side, should we say. So that was okay. It started dripping with rain a little bit. But by the time we got to checkpoint one, this is when it got really entertaining. So we got to the first checkpoint. We're still on tarmac at the moment, which is fine. Everyone's, you know, in the group again, couple of slow people at the end. And it started pelting down with rain. And this is the point that we were going from the tarmac aspect of the death road down to, well, basically not going on tarmac and going on the sort of the dangerous part. And I say that with my bunny ears there onto the dangerous part of death road. So imagine this, you're on a relatively winding, snaking road, that's not ridiculously wide, big enough for a lorry, shall we say. On the right-hand side, you're faced with the hillside, the mountainside, you know, rock formations, etc. On the other side, pretty much the abyss. You look down over the side of the road, there's a few thousand meters drop, who knows what's down there. It's raining, the road isn't tarmacked, so it's potholes everywhere, stones everywhere, as you would imagine. And we're just about to start cycling downhill. A little bit nerve wracking to say the least, I'm not gonna lie, and for myself anyway. So between section, or this was section two, Aaron and a few others were miles ahead at the front, they were steaming along, enjoying it, you know, behind the more experienced tour guides. And then you've got me at the absolute rear, taking it incredibly easy, uh, stopping and starting, uh, enjoying it, don't get me wrong, in, enjoying the, the road for itself, but knowing that you know all it takes is a bit of a slip, lack of concentration, and you're toast. All the while, the rain is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. So as well as dealing with the wet road, you are also now dealing with rain smacking you right in the face which made it incredibly uncomfortable uh, for those kilometers on, on route two there. By the time I finished the second section, um, I think a few people gave me a round of applause for um, <laughs> turning up, which I was going incredibly slow. But to be fair, the, uh, the, the tour guide at the end with me was, well, we were just basically having a very good chat at the same time. So I've got a little bit of a round of applause from the fast people who had, um, Somehow, I don't know how they made it down so fast. And the third section was equally as fascinating. It was, again, it was still whiny, it was still pretty bonkers, but by this time the sun had come out. So as well as dealing with everything we've just mentioned before, we're now also dealing with the sun reflecting off of the pools of water that had just been created, you know, creating a, a glare in your face as well. Again, with the third section, uh, I was pretty much hanging at the rear with a couple of people this time, not just me, 
I still having a chat with the tour guide and Aaron was steaming off at the front with the more experienced riders, uh, bombing it downhill as well. What we were amazed about, and it still amazes me to this day, is that this road was once the, one of the main thoroughfares to get out of La Paz to, you know, then the youngest road to the youngest region of Bolivia. That still amazes me. And again, I'll go back to what we said at the start. Look at the photos of, just look at the photos of it on, on Google. By all means, go and check out the photos we've put up on Instagram as well of us on, on the death road. It just, it, it absolutely, just absolutely remarkable. And as I said, you're dealing with steep slopes, single track, lack of guardrails, rain, fog, no wonder it's nicknamed death road still. We live to fight another day. We live to tell the tale of traveling it. And it, in hindsight, it was a or an absolutely fantastic experience and one that we're very, very grateful for. That was pretty much our time in La Paz. That was pretty much job done, apart from a couple of nights of drinking and a couple of, well, certainly for myself, a couple of days of being hung over watching football including loads of full English. There's quite a few English pubs in, in La Paz. So again, you know, every once in a while, it's nice to get into, you know, getting back into a, a pub. A reason for that as well is number one, you can have a full English. Number two, which I didn't think I'd miss as much, uh, Marmite on toast. Beautiful, absolute divine. Every once in a while, it was good to have some English food as such. And that was La Paz. From there, we headed off into... Uh, I'll try not to laugh saying this thing because I love saying the name Lake Titicaca. We decided that, you know, the lake's there. It would be rude not to stay on an island of some sort because uh, there was the option of staying on an island. We thought it would be a bit rude not to because after La Paz, we'd be straight into Cusco, the heart of the Inca, really getting closer now to Machu Picchu, which... If you've been, you'll know how awesome it is. If you haven't been, it is as awesome as they say it is. And we knew we were starting to get into the heart of the Inca. A lot more, you know, a lot more history coming to life now. Uh, you know, old civilizations, etc., etc. So really looking forward to that. Up between La Paz and Cusco, apart from a pain in the ass bus journey, stood Lake Titicaca, and that's where we're going to pick up the episode next week so join us when we are on the lake and let's see what we can find hasta luego <laughs>